Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. All right, coach, welcome back. How are you? Good to be here. Well, I can't think of too many people I'd rather pick their brain about the situation in Fayetteville right now than you, so I'm glad you could be with us today. And, again, I did not see that coming, coming up a little bit later. None of us were expecting Enos to be fired after Mississippi State, although none of us were expecting Arkansas to score three points. Right. I'm not saying that after the game. I'm saying before the game started. Before the game, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, all right, so where do they go from here, Coach? I think uh, well, I've been talking all, all for 24 hours about how play calling is an art and there is a real knack to it and just walking in as a guy who is going to point at a play sheet and try to be good at the job all of a sudden is going to be a little tricky to me. Well, first of all, for four or five years that I've been on this show, I've tried to be a coach's defender. You know, I've always tried to take the high road, but, uh, you know, Saturday, I mean, that looked like the most unprepared, undisciplined disinterested group uh, offensive football team that I, I think I've ever seen in major college football. Uh, and, and, I mean, Iowa inspires me. You know, at least they have creative formations. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was a little bit surprised that he made the change. But then when you sit back and think about it, uh, with the open week coming up, that was probably the time to do that. You know, not, not that this week is going to cure all ills, because it won't. Um, I think uh, Guyton is now going to be the play caller, and that is a, a tough situation to be in. That I'm, I'm kind of like all of us here off air. We were talking. I, they're not going to overhaul the offense. They may simplify it, cut some things down, do a few different things within the system that's already there. But he has an opportunity to maybe bring some energy um, to the offensive kids and uh, inspire them a little bit. Uh, and I still, and again, defending coaches, but. That's the head coach's job, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're the head coach of the whole team, and, you know, it's your job to push the right buttons for the special team players, for the backups, for the starters, offense, and defense. So um, they've got a lot of work to do. The, wor- the word I wrote down before, chemistry just doesn't look very good right now on offense. They have no identity. And um, so Kenny Guyton's got his, got his work cut out for him. Um, they've got good players over there. They're just not playing well. Um, like a lot of people, I see a lot of fundamental flaws uh, from picking up twists to footwork to uh, identification. Just, uh, I mean, they ran a, a five release where they got the back out on a free release and they had a free blitzer come off. That ball's got to come out of the quarterback's hand. And he's got to know that and uh, took a big hit, you know. So um, just some fundamental things that I don't think you get cleaned up in a week. But, uh, you know, the show goes on and you got to go to Swamp. They still got Auburn. You got Missouri. I mean, you've got good football teams still to, to play because those teams are getting better. Arkansas apparently is not, except on the defensive side of the ball. And we can't lose sight of that. You pointed some things out with, with KJ. <clears throat> and I'm hoping with Kenny Guyton being a former quarterback at Ohio State that he can help him. Because to me, that's that's maybe, <clears throat> besides the offensive line, 
that's the number one issue. You got to fix KJ, his footwork, his some of the things that he's doing, the reads. Uh, you mentioned that little the blitz and the running backs right there. Just flip it over his that's head. Right. You got to play, but he he doesn't even let it go. He doesn't even attempt to throw it. So there's I don't know what's going on in the head with KJ and why he's making some of these decisions. But hopefully Guyton, who played the position, knows what it's yeah. like. Can well, he looks to be the most him. disinterested of all of them. Uh, to me, is the quarterback. Uh, just lack of confidence, mm-hmm. lack of confidence maybe in the play caller, the position coach, which is the same guy. Uh, so maybe Guyton can give him that you know, that boost of confidence that he needs. The fact that he has not thrown his helmet 20 rows up is shocking to me. Yeah. He, I think he's kept his cool pretty well considering all he's been through this year. Well, he rolled his eyes, and I, I saw that on <laughs> That's TV. That's pretty minor. I mean, yeah, I'd be I throwing a damn fit over there. <laughs> I know. And I've had players throw helmets, you know, so yeah. – um, let me go back, though, to the previous caller about Enos now. And I'm not defending him. He was a disaster here. I mean, and it's been a disaster. You know, Pittman said, don't panic after the what the Western Carolina game. I was in full panic because I could see the offensive line was not very good. But Enos had Tiger Valua, whatever his name is, at Maryland for two or three years. Coached him and was a coordinator. They were creative. I mean, he came in after Matt Canada, so anything was going to be creative. But they were creative, a lot of motion. Uh that young man had not played a lot of football, and he developed him, and 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 he's a good player. You know, it just didn't, it just didn't fit. It just didn't fit. How does that happen this year? You got to help me understand this. And you mentioned Matt Canada. Matt Canada was a Broyles Award finalist. Okay, so yeah. Matt Canada did do some good things yeah. as an assistant. He's a good coach. football coach. You once told me, and I will I will paraphrase, uh, that coach did not take a dumb dumb pill last night. Right. How do guys? How can you be so successful and then be so horrific? At a different place. And for, for Enos, it's the same place yeah. at different periods in time. But different players. And it goes back to chemistry. I mean, and we weren't in those meetings back in February and March and going through spring ball and those kind of things. Maybe the personalities weren't there. Maybe um, maybe his method of, of, of teaching and coaching was not accepted the right way. Because you got to understand, I think um, Jefferson and Kendall Bryles were pretty hooked at the hip, I mm-hmm. believe. And that was a devastating blow to that young man going into his quote-unquote senior year. So maybe that chemistry just didn't mesh from the beginning, and now we're seeing a full-blown manis- manis- manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, again, Dan Enos has a track record of being a good football coach at previous spots. I mean, heck, he was at Alabama. They won a national championship. you know. And, I, and, again, he was at Maryland for two or three years with the younger Tagovailoa and – did some good things there, and then look at Maryland right now. I mean, I mean that's a lot of his foundation there. So, um, just the chemistry, uh, just it just was not a good fit with this group of kids. Bingo. I, I think that selling point for KJ coming back was we're, we're going to prepare you for the NFL. <laughs> right. We're going to make you a pocket passer right. that the NFL desires and wants. That's not who he is. They tried it, and I'm sure they were hoping that KJ could be that. But it didn't work. He's not. There's a lot of great college players, basketball, football, that don't. it doesn't translate to the next level. And I don't know if KJ is going to translate to the next level, but that is definitely not what he needs to do to be a successful college They've been trying sure. to do the same thing with Will Rogers at Mississippi State. And he's an air raid guy and, and flourished in it. They bring in Kevin Barbe, who I know I'd hired, and Kevin's a traditional drop back, play action pass, you know, quick game, get the, you know, footwork, fundamentals, those kind of things. And it, it he has not meshed with that. Um, the way that they'd hope it would. Because, hey, by the time you're a junior, much less a senior, you are absolutely, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot's not going to change. You can clean some things up. 
you know, but um, you know, that has to happen when you're in high school and when you're a freshman in college and redshirt year and those kind of things. And uh, one spring training uh, doesn't, doesn't on the field. Talking about play calling. Okay. I mean, there there is an art to it. Um, I think everybody prepares the same way. You've got your you've got your freewheeling plays. You've got your red zone package, your short yardage package, your third and long, extra long, medium, short. You've got your goal line package. <clears throat> the thing that about play calling is you have to be one to two plays ahead in anticipation, and, and you've got people around you to help you. You know, what did they do last third down? You know, and this is on second down. You know what I'm saying? So you're you, – you have to be one step ahead uh, in your play calling. And I never like going into a game thinking that we're going to ever have to drop back and throw it more than eight to ten times. Mm-hmm. And I told you, we did a study years ago. Uh, we had one of the most prolific offenses in the country at Louisiana Tech and take out two minutes and we averaged eight and a half drop backs a game. So, uh, quick story though. My first play calling experience – Kenny Guyton at least has a week or two weeks. Our offensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech, maybe my second year there, gets fired on after practice on Thursday. Okay, we were not very good. All right. And he's a good friend of mine and a very successful coach. He went on and did some great things. Uh, the head coach comes to me on Friday morning and tells me that I'm going to be calling the game. Now, we're getting ready to leave to take a bus trip up to Jonesboro to play Arkansas State. Little did I know if we lost that game, we're probably all fired. The, the most nervous that I've ever been probably in my life, knowing the pressure and the consequences of that game. We won 17-13. Had you called plays before? High school. Okay. Yeah, as a high school offensive coordinator. But uh, did very little to prepare me uh, for what I had to, you know, go through. I, I'm running the walkthrough the next morning in the hotel, you know, rearranging some of the top ten, you know, call-out plays and – uh, very nerve-wracking. At least Coach Guyton has a couple of weeks to prepare for that. Um, but that was uh, – I, I thought it was highly unfair, the coach, to do that to me. <laughs> um, but it did uh, put me in a you know pressure situation that uh, that I accepted, and, and uh, fortunately it worked out for us. When Okay, one thing we can all agree on, and we, we don't all agree on much of anything, he's got to have a effective OC, assuming he's here next year, He's got to do a great job of hiring an effective OC that comes in and right away the offense looks substantially better. What's the process like, and how do you get a guy that you feel very, very confident in next year? And, again, something's going to depend on personnel. Is KJ coming back for a super senior year or not? Well, I I think you're talking about the University of Arkansas. You're talking about a Southeastern Conference program. You're talking about a place that has resources to flip a roster and do the things that they need to do. Uh, assuming you know the head coach is back and those kind of things, so I don't think it will be incredibly difficult to get a guy to come in, you know, and pay him a million dollars a year or whatever, a couple of year contract, uh, someone that has been a play caller that has had some success, and uh, uh, but again, it, it, it's about chemistry, you know. I um, I think that that's very very important, and uh, if that if that dynamic is not there, uh, then you just set yourself up. But he mentioned some other things too fundamentally it's like building a house if you don't have a good foundation uh, your house is not going to be very strong and the offensive line uh, is 50 percent of the issues uh, of the offense we could talk about jefferson and the tight ends and receivers and the running backs and all those are fair criticisms and and open for discussion but the offensive line all good kids i'm sure they come from great families they're either not ready or they're not playing up to a standard of a Southeastern Conference offensive lineman. And 
Um, until that foundation gets fixed, I don't care who you bring in as offensive coordinator. They're, you know, they've got to cover up. Mm-hmm. They've got to cover up that deficiency. Mm-hmm. And that was some of the issue I think they have with Enos, and that may be rolling the pocket, doing yeah. some things, just so he's not a, st- you know, just standing there a target for the but, entire. If you watch since the A and M game, A and M gave the the recipe for success against Arkansas. This was an offense that scored 30 points against BYU and LSU and was clicking, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden something changed, and it was teams started blitzing nonstop. A&M showed that. Yep. And if you're just going to have him sitting back there in the pocket, then why wouldn't you blitz every single play? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you become you got to move the launch point, and they have not done an effective job of doing that. And um, maybe, again, Coach Guyton, a different voice, a different message, comes in with a different energy. Um, and maybe they can steal one or two down the stretch. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Christian, we pulled question of the day from yesterday. Question of the day today, it's National Bologna Day. How often do you eat bologna? we got some options for you as our question of the day today. Do you eat bologna? I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm your huckleberry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get the answer from yesterday. How many games can Arkansas win? Can or will? Oh, I say two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that enough? That's enough to keep Pittman, yes? Yeah, yeah, I think so. If he wins one game, does he keep his job, you think? What's it look like? I don't know. I mean, I mean are they yeah, still I mean, fighting, what, what's keeping the product it close, look like? You I know? Mean, what if he beats Florida and loses to Florida Florida International? <laughs> yeah. Is that good or bad? I, 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 I just I think know. Florida's getting better. you got to go to the swamp. I think Auburn is getting better. I think even though they have their quarterback issues. I mean, I and think you, they're – And you know Missouri is good. And Missouri is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, – and you know Florida International is who they are, but right. um, they, they may be able to get to. If they go zero and four, oh, that's tough. Okay, that's tough. I won't yeah. make you say it. Yeah. DK, real quick. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, now if Pittman uh, don't go to a bowl game and Deion Sanders go to a bowl game, Pittman needs to tell you. But coach, my question is, how important is the uh, the relationship between the OC and the offensive line coach because it seemed like it was a disconnect between Enos and Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, the foundation, his hand was tied from the get go when he came out of the fall in the spring, and you don't even know you still mismatching hard parts in your line. So uh, speak to the relationship between the OC and the uh, offensive line coach. I know Cheney wanted Pittman everywhere he went. Have yeah. a good one. Thank you, DK. Valid point. Very good point. Those two guys have to be absolutely connected together. Uh, both uh, philosophically um, and, and from a game plan. You know, I would always go to the offensive line coach. Can we handle this? Who is there? You know, where's the problem? You're talking about the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we need to do to be able to have any type of success running the football or in protection? And he would tell me, hey, 94 is a problem. We need to turn our protections to 94. Then, you, then, then the coordinator has to take that information and build the game plan from there. You don't build it from the outside in. You build it from the inside out. I like that. Yep. Mm. All right. We uh, have other programs we're going to talk about in the state coming up here in a second. So uh, we'll get to that on the other side and take a couple calls if we have time as well. All right. It's uh, 1054. We only got a few minutes left with Clint Conk, so let's get to it. And I know uh, we got a couple people want to ask questions too. Uh, let's start with Arkansas State. We talked about Arkansas ad nauseum. Let's talk about Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. Uh, took it on the chin last weekend, although a competitive game. They covered the number by half a point. Yeah, very competitive game, you know, Expectations are different now. I mean, I, I could see it uh, in Coach uh, uh, Jones Jones's face and uh, and in his in his voice. They they expect to be in those type of games, yep. and uh, obviously they got ULM on the road this week. One that I think if they're going to be if this is going to be a program changing year, this is one they got to get. Okay, Central Arkansas back at home this week after a week off, and 
Obviously, they uh, it came at a good time. I mean, they five and two, you know, and they get a, a long run there. You got four games left, yep. two home, two road, and it starts this week with a Tarleton team that's probably a little better than its record. Yeah, I, I think Tarleton's pretty good. Um, I think they're very similar. Uh, big play receivers, good quarterback, excellent running game, mm-hmm. a- very athletic, physical defense. Um, UCA should be rested. I thought Coach Brown, by the way, did an incredible job yesterday. Touchdown club. Um, congratulations to him uh, uh, being a great ambassador for the program. Uh, they've won four in a row, so they should have some momentum. The whole key to me in this game is that they don't wait till the fourth quarter to wake up and get going because against this type of team, it could be too late. They've got to get off to a fast start. Coming out of an open date, that's always a challenge. Okay. Um, and then you got UAPB and, and the – the building process continues, Coach. Yeah, they may have hit a plateau there. Um, uh, big loss to Alcorn State last week. Congratulations. You get Jackson State coming in this week. Um, uh, the last couple of weeks they look like they've run out a little bit of gas, uh, and that could be depth. Uh, but they got to they got to play out the schedule. Maybe they can steal one here down the stretch. All right, let's pop in the GAC. And, look, Harding has again established itself as the team in the, in the conference. Over 600 yards rushing last week and a win over Southern Arkansas. Yeah, big win. Uh, and, again, that was a neutral site game down in El Dorado. Southern was probably laying in the gap, but Harding flexed their muscles. Uh, up to number four in the nation. Yep. They finished this thing the right way. Um, they're looking for a high national seed. Uh, Washita needs to finish the right way so that they could possibly get a, a you know a playoff yeah, uh, as well, bid yeah. as well. And then of course Henderson and SAU have had good years. Uh, they're certainly looking for some type of Division II bowl. I have not watched as much high school football as I've wanted to. I've been a little tied up on Fridays watching my kids' team, but uh, as you I should. I got to tip my cap to uh, Marion and their quarterbacks' numbers. I saw a couple of guys that put up just dumb numbers last week, but this kid is ridiculous. He was named the Democrat Gazette Player of the Week this last week. 11 of 14, 208 passing, 272 yards on 12 carries. Are you kidding me? Mm. Uh, pretty ridiculous. Ashton Gray. Don't know what his long term potential is, but that is just filthy. Did we have a high school player from Clinton? Yeah. Rush for 400 something yards? Yeah. I would have got tired watching him do that. I watched um, a kid do that earlier this year, too, from yeah, uh, Shiloh. Yeah. Williams. Well, the big game last week was Mills over Joe T. That, that was a mm-hmm. big game for playoff seedings and so forth. This week. Shorthanded Mills, huh? Yeah. Shorthanded Robinson. Yeah. They had six starters out, including their quarterback. What was wrong with them? Illness? Injuries. Yeah, that's too bad. That time of the year. Conway's got to go to Jonesboro. <clears throat> uh, obviously, much better than Jonesboro, but still, good road trip. That'll be interesting there. West Memphis and Benton. That could be for the conference mm-hmm. championship there in 6A. It is. Greenwood at PA. Uh, can PA muster enough defense to slow down uh, Greenwood? Archer's putting up stupid numbers, H- too. Huge numbers. And then uh, in southeast Arkansas, big game for playoff seedings, DeWitt at McGee. I think Archer had 190 passing and 175 rushing last yeah. week or something crazy like that. He's faster than I realized. I saw him run for a 50-yard touchdown last week, and he took off and ran away from people. Yeah, he's flirting with. He was flirting with a 200. I got a chance game. to watch Catholic play uh, Jacksonville. They uh, dominated that game. I, say so. I was there for three touchdown drives. Oh, you bam, bam, bam! I, I, I got to look for the first three drives. We didn't see you. Zach was in town, so we got a chance to take him. Yeah, it was a good uh, Catholic reunion weekend. What do you got? Thirty seconds, buddy. Sorry, go ahead. I'll be quick. Uh, I, you know, I always thought KJ was one of the best college quarterbacks that we've had in a long time. This year, you know, all season and during the year, all I heard was how Enos was hired to make him more of the next level. I don't see him being the next level. Coach Conk, I'd like your uh, comment on that. Thank you. I think marinate on that. Yeah, I think at this point, probably his best opportunity is to be a free agent. Doesn't appear to be a pro quarterback at this point.